0: Well, welcome back, dolls, to another episode of So My Mom's a Therapist. You know, I took a, a break last week and just kind of gave me a, myself a chance to reset. It's the first time I've, I believe, I've missed one. Maybe my second. I'm, I'm not sure. But, you know, in my, in my life, I've had. There's been a few, quite a few, actually, three deaths um, in the last two week um, around me, um, and just enough that it starts to leave you feeling heavy, giving you a pause to life to kind of rethink life. You know, I, I had someone very close to me recently when I was like, oh, we got a funeral. We've got a funeral. We got to go to another weekend. Then we got another funeral. And um, and they said, they said to me, they said, you know, I don't, I don't really like funerals. I don't do funerals. And I remember just kind of cocking my head, looking to the side and being like, I don't, I don't think anybody likes them. I don't, I don't think in life that we're like, oh yay, oh great, another one. Uh, but it does give us a chance to lean into the hard. And I thought, wow, that's very indicative of life is some people lean into the hard and say, I have a chance here to mourn, to be sad, but also to reevaluate my life, to rethink what life means to me and that may feel scary or uncomfortable, um, or I have a ch- or I have a choice to, to run away from it or avoid it or not you have to deal with it. And I want I want you to think about your life real quick. And just even reflecting on your life. Who are the people in your life that lean into the hard and who are the people that like run like hell? When, when, thing, when things get hard. So that's kind of where I'm sitting this morning. Well, I'm getting back to my original format for a few weeks, and that is answering your questions. If you guys have questions, please send them in a voice memo form. I know a lot of people don't have access to therapists, and this isn't therapy. I always have to say that as a disclaimer, but I want to share what I know, what I know in my personal life, what I know in my work life as a clinician, what I know about... relationally and our, our relational dynamics, what I understand about family history and why we do what we do. The key is, if you haven't noticed, my perspective is usually why we do what we do. It's not just on the behaviors. It's what's driving the behavior. What am I trying to accomplish? What am I trying to do? Am I protecting myself? Am I trying to get love? And when you look at it from that way, you have a lot of compassion and understanding, not only for yourself, but for other people as well. So please send in your questions. Try to keep them to about 60 to 90 seconds. Send your voice memos to... You can send them to Lisa, right directly to me at lisa at so com, and um, I'll be tackling those. I do have Louise who's joining me regularly now and we do have a few guests lined up, some TikTok stars and, and people that we've gotten to know um, and we're having them on to talk about their experience with dating, singleness, romance, romantic relationships. Um, and if you're just... If if you're just jumping on to, then you may it may be new to you that I am obsessed with Bachelor in Paradise, which just aired this week. No, I have no affiliation. I am not I'm not on their team, and nor am I am I promoting them and getting any kind of financial gain. I just simply am obsessed with the show. So if you are somebody uh, who likes to talk relationships, likes to explore relationships, look at different dynamics, I would encourage you to start watching Bachelor in Paradise because I'm going to be talking about it regularly because I already have a whole lot to say. I already have a whole lot to say. Like, oh, the girl that was the doctor, oh my gosh. Okay, go back and watch the first episode. I don't want to give anything away, except that when she was not able to get what she wanted, she all of a sudden flipped it and went over and like attacked the other girl. In actuality, it had nothing to do with the other girl. I think her name is Jill. And it had everything to do with the guy. If she should have been frustrated with anybody, her communication should have been with the guy, not with the girl. But I don't know. Give me your thoughts. I want to know your thoughts. Send your comments on YouTube if you're watching the video of this, or send me your thoughts. Put put them on one of my TikTok videos uh, because we are getting invested in Bachelor in Paradise. It's a breeding ground to talk about dating and relationships and how people interact. All right. So with that, we're going to get to tackling our questions for this week. And here we go.
1: Um... Well, my name is Claudus. Um I'm 22 and I live in the Netherlands and I had a question for you. Um, so in your uh, podcast on episode 32, you were talking about like how we're single and how to meet people without using dating apps. Um, and I had a question uh, about that because, for example, uh, when I'm going to The grocery store, or when I'm in a gym, sometimes I see uh, an attractive boy, and/or someone I'm really interested in, or would like to get to know, but I'm not sure if they also are into men or not, or are bisexual or pansexual, um, or at least that they're interested in men. And I can understand from their perspective, for example, that it could be highly offensive if I call them out. Like, Hey, I think you're really good. Do you want my number? Like I'm putting out there that they are gay or not. Um, and also gives me a feeling, um, that makes me uncomfortable. So I was, I wanted to ask you to give you any advice or tips on that. Um, I think I, I know it's a very specific question, but, um, I would love to hear your thoughts about it and I hope you can help. Thank you again for the great content and advice you give and cannot wait for your next podcast. Thank you.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, sending a huge hug to the Netherlands. You know, that's a really good question. And I think this is why I love hearing people's stories. This is why I love hearing your questions. And it's being able to sit. If I I was sitting with you, I, I wish I could just sit down with you and have a coffee. That's my favorite. You get coffee or wine. Pick which one you want to have with me. You can choose. But I would sit with you and be like, oh, I never thought about that. I never thought about what is that like to feel like I kind of see somebody that's cute. I don't want it to be offensive to them if I go up. What do I do in that situation where I I can't quite tell? And that's I I would sit with you and where I'd start is to say, oh, I could see that. I I could see how there is that added element of I don't want someone to be offended, right? And so being able to say, yeah, that's a tough one. And just being able to validate that and be like, what's that even like to have that feeling in your body? And that that's where I would start. Th- then I would I would suggest to say, I can't, I can't give you, oh, follow this recipe. And anybody that said follow this recipe, I would say that immediately throw it out because everybody's unique and different. So we have to be able to try things on. We have to be able to experiment to say, let me, let me give something a try. Let me try this, and let me see if it helps a skill or a tool, and let's see if that makes it feel a little bit better. Not magically disappear, not take away any of the uncomfortable, because it's not—it's not, it's not going to take away all the uncomfortable. But what my encouragement if when I'm working with a client, uh, you know, whether they are whether there's it's a straight relationship or a same-sex relationship or anything in between, right? If they're really having a hard time in that fear of rejection, and then the added element for you of like, I don't know, I don't know if they are. If, if, it, if they're interested in same-sex relationships or bisexual relationships. I don't know that. So what we want to do is to be, help our body feel like it's lowering the risk. What can I do to help my body feel like it's lowering the risk a little bit? And what I would do is I would try to say, okay, body, we're going to throw a few more cues. So I feel like I have a better chance of that risk being lower. What do I mean by that? Where if somebody is like, well, I will, I went if they if I went up and was like, oh hey, you know, I hope you know, I hope this doesn't seem too forward, but I thought you were really cute, you know, are you are you single? Or are you interested in grabbing coffee sometime? Or can I get your number? If if that was okay for somebody to do, feeling like no, that's comfortable enough that I I don't think they'd be offended. But if they if you f- fear them being offended or worrying what they think, then I would throw a lot more cues, meaning. I would smile at them a little bit longer. I would see, wait, I'm smiling at them. Now, let me look again. Are they turning around and are they smiling at me? Now, there's a difference between a smile back and somebody looking back to be like, you're staring at me and now I'm looking again to see if you're staring at me again. Do, do you know what I'm talking about there? Have you ever had someone stare at you and then you say, I, I, I remember <laughs> I remember doing this with one of my kiddos. And I was like, "I think, I think that guy over there is like, Like staring, like, and I was like, do we know him? Right. And then we're looking at him, then he looks again. And what is when he looks again, what does he see? Us staring at him. No, we're not interested in him. We just think there's some weird guy staring at us, right? So you want to say when they stare back, are they staring back with a smile? And I've talked about this before. In that episode, doll, that you were mentioning, that one that you were referring to, are they smiling back with a face that is open, body posture that's open with a little bit of a smile? Or are they looking at you like, why are you staring at me? So you want to see if your body can get some more cues, Right. Then I would look for more cues again to lower the risk. Right? Can I kind of go stand by them? Can I like? Can I just like see if they stay there? If I go stand next to them and like, okay, let's say they're in line at Starbucks. So I kind of go stand and look at a mug that I'm completely not interested in, but I'm over there and I'm pretending like I'm looking at a mug. Do they move away or do they stay right where they are? Read their body language. So I, I absolutely, I, I want. I, this is the tools I would encourage you to try to say. Okay, let me go in with more nonverbal. Non, throw some more nonverbal cues and see if I can get a little bit of a better read on their body. Now they may be just engaging, right? They may be if, whether if somebody came up to me, I'm a kind of a people person and I'm a hugger. Not that I'm hugging strangers these days, but like I'm a hugger. So like if somebody got really close to me, let's say a female, let's say if it was a, a somewhat a girl that was interested in me, although that that's that's not my preference, but that but I'm a hugger and that doesn't bother me. Um, you know. And actually, funny enough, funny enough. Side note: I was up, um, I was in a different state, and I was visiting one of my kiddos. And I threw on my daughter's Steve Madden black platform boots, and I swear. I, and then I went and I grabbed a, I grabbed a beer and what well, was a cider and pizza, and I got hit on by a girl, and I loved it. I thought it was great. She was cute. She was darling, and I was, I was like, it's the boots. It for sure, and I, and I texted my daughter. I'm like, "Thank you, thanks. Your boots. I just got hit on by a girl." And she's like, "Rocket, mom, rocket!" <laughs> right? Now, my point in sharing that story is, if if you lean into me and I'm not moving anywhere, odds are, even if this girl had been like, "Hey, you know, can I have your number?" I'm not someone that that would be offensive to. Oh, here's the key here's the key, stick with me on this one, that if somebody isn't moving away from you and and you're getting more cues, you're throwing more cues to say, okay, is, is it just me or is this person interested in something same sex? Even if they're not, they're not the kind of person that will be offended if their body language isn't moving away. If so, they already would have moved away from you being that close. You get where I'm going here? So throw more cues Giving you a better chance, a lower risk of somebody being offended. Now, did you hear what I said? They're offended. Not that they're open, not that they're interested in the same sex relationship, but our goal, that's not our goal. Why? We don't know them. Our goal is to say, can I do this in a way that my body has, a, can keep doing it because it's not having a negative experience, right? Let's say, for instance, a girl had asked for my number, which she didn't. However, she did run out to my car because she accidentally kept my credit card and was like, oh, I have your credit card. And I'm like, that's convenient, right? But, but had she asked for my number, I would have said, oh, I'm, that's so flattering. You just made my night. However, I'm in a relationship, right? Um, and, and not, not with a girl. Um, so, but, but however, see how that's still a positive experience. And I actually would have probably told her, this is so me, but I would have told her, like, please keep doing that. Keep doing that because you never know when you're going to run across somebody who is open to that or who is interested. But our goal is to have positive experiences. So give that a try. Let me know what you think. Okay. All right. On to the next question. Oh, I feel like I could talk about that one for hours. Such a great question. Such a great question. All right. Here we go.
2: So my boyfriend and I broke up um, over reasons about um, faith. He's a Buddhist. I'm a Christian. Um, For our, you know, relationship to progress, it would really matter to me that he would, you know, show up in my life and get to know the people that are in my life by at least going to church with me or something simple like that and he unfortunately just had a lot of disdain for that part of my life but also never really gave it a chance and kind of knew that and we ended up ending things while there was nothing seriously wrong in the relationship and we really enjoyed each other and had such good plans we really liked each other's friends and and really 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 liked each other and probably the healthiest relationship either one of us have ever had there was you know, it's really refreshing and just safe place. Um, and um, we ended things and I felt like he kind of left me because I really wanted to work on things. But I understood that, you know, if someone doesn't want to be with you, but they, they want to be with you, but they don't want to compromise themselves. You have to let you go. And I hate it. Um, and so I'm just I'm curious. Um, you know, I have a desire. I, I just felt like we needed more time or I thought we had more time. Um, And I, I, I just don't want to do this. And I feel like we could have worked on some things and figured it out. And I don't know how, but, um, I don't, I feel like it happened really fast. One day we were hanging out together and two days later, after I went on a weekend trip, we were broken up because he thought about those things and decided he didn't want to compromise. So, um, what are, I'm curious on what are some tools that can maybe use to get over this, um, and this feeling of like, no, I want to call him. I miss him um, we can work this out, um, or just like going through a loss or is there a way that I can reach out and just say, Hey, you know, I actually really want to work this out. I and if you want to too, great. Um, but I'm just not sure what to do.
0: Oh, oh, such a great one. Thank you so much for sending these. I love when you guys send me these voice memos, so please keep them coming. You know, that's a hard one. It's a hard one because your body's holding on to like, wait, there was a lot of really good stuff here. There was a lot of really good stuff. And then when we've separated with someone, our body tends to circulate around right it tends to rotate around or orbit around either really good or really bad elements and usually when the further away we get from the relationship it's all the positives that we remember and so your brain's orbiting and saying this was a really healthy relationship my encouragement a few things number one number one thing the number one element or characteristic we want of somebody that we want to be with is someone that wants to be with us it's not our only one. That, that's not our. Sometimes we choose somebody well because they want us. That's not our only criterion. However, it has to be our number one criterion. Is ah. If you're not wanting to be with me, I know that's my top criterion of someone I want to be with is they want to be with me. I don't have to prod or poke or test you to try to get you or somehow manipulate. I mean, good Lord, the amount of TikTok videos that are focused on trying to manipulate somebody to get them to come back or to come in the first place. And my thinking is, if you have to poke or prod the cow in order to get it to move, I don't think you want the cow anyways. I don't think you, then then once you get them, you're going to have to keep doing stuff to try to keep them. Right. So number one, we want to be with somebody who wants to be with us. Now, the other thing, too, is we want to be able to reflect back and say, okay, wait, when I was with them, it was a big deal to me that they would not be able to join that part of my life, that faith part of my life. And that's something that's important to me when we when we lose it we tend to again just orbit around the positive but i still would say this is a good time for us to reflect too on is that how big of a piece is that is that such an important piece to me that eventually even if i was with them eventually that would come to the surface again because that is something i want to share or is that something i'm willing to compromise on and again this is why it has to be unique to you doll because everybody's a di- everybody's different. Now, if you talk to people specifically in the Christian community, they're going to be like, no, no, you need to be equally no- yoked. You need to be someone who just believes what you believe. And, and I've sat long enough as a clinician to know there also is a difference between religion and spirituality. And there is a way that people can partake in spirituality that it finds like it, it works for both, especially if people have had a hard experience with the church or have a disdain for a church. Notice it's not neutral. It's actually sometimes a hatred or a disdain that keeps them. It's not that they don't want to support you, but it's their own little boy or little girl in their body that's like, oh, hell no. Uh Uh-uh, we don't want anything to do with that. Okay, that's worth exploring. So what can you do now? What can you do now? Well, one is two, you have a few options. And again, I can't tell you what to do because you get to choose as a therapist, although this is not therapy. I I always tell my clients, you know, I'm not here to make the calls or decisions for your life, but what we can do is we can understand, okay, what are our options and why? Let's check it out how they feel in our body. And then we get to see, because there's not a right and a wrong. Sometimes we feel like there's a right path and a wrong path, and then we stress out about are we actually on the wrong path because then how do I know if I'm on the right path or if this is the right person, right? I have to tell you, even people who feel like they are hands down marrying the right person, that doesn't always turn out to be. Their, their marriages don't aren't always successful. So knowing hands down that you are with the right person does not guarantee a successful relationship. Something just to tuck away for a second if you're having doubts. So you can come back to your body to say, okay, one, I can mourn the loss. How do I mourn it? As if it's a death. What does a death mean? There's times I'm sad. There's times I'm angry, right? And they come like waves. They're not linear. So it's not like, oh, I've moved through sadness. Now I'm done, right? Or I've moved through anger. Now I'm healed. It doesn't work like that. They hit like waves, right? They hit like these waves. And when that wave comes, I learn how do I tend to my body as I ride this wave of sadness. Part of it is denial, that sense of like, no, no, I want to get back together with him. I just want him back. Okay. If he was dead, you wouldn't be able to get him back. What would you be doing? You'd say, I know we want him back. I know. that This is this is not saying we're, we're we're doing anything to make sure he's dead. We're just simply saying, if it was an option to have him back, what would we do in that moment? We would say, I know we want him back. I know this is so hard and we miss him. And we would cry or we would help. What can I do to comfort myself? And say, yes, we do. We wish we had that option. What's my option B? What's my option C? How do I move into my other options and still validate that I so badly wish I could have them back? So I can move through the stages of grief, eventually coming to a sense of acceptance, right? Not easy, right? Not, a, not an easy road. It hits like waves. Sometimes the waves are big and sometimes the waves are little. And it, the focus is not on the other person, it's on tending to my body. How do I help my body ride through that wave of sadness or wi- ride through that wave? Of denial or bargaining. Okay, The other option is I can't give myself, if I haven't already inundated them with a lot of texts and not gotten a response, we want to make sure if I've reached out and I'm not getting very many responses, this is where I love to say, dolls, read the room. Read the room. Read the room. If you're throwing the ball over, you're serving the ball over, and there's nobody on the other court, read the room. Something to think about. But if that's not the case, I can say to myself, is there something I want to do or say? Is there, and I get to be able to say that? Is there and I try it on, and here's what you do. I decide, I write a little text, and then I let it sit. I don't do it in the moment. I'll say, I'll leave that sit for an hour, and let me go back, and then let me see. So it's a choice, not an impulse in the moment. If I'm missing him, I'm longing for it, I'm remembering our relationship, and I send a text right at the same time, that's more of a reaction and an impulse rather than a choice. So write a text and let it sit. And again, there's no right or wrong words, but I can come up with some neutral words that says, you know, I've been reflecting a lot on our relationship. Um, and I'm thinking of all the good parts that were there. Um, and there are some things I think that are worth working on and seeing if there's potential. And if you're in the same place or interested, let me know. And if not, you know, I wish you the best. Ooh, did you see that? It's all neutral it's all neutral, which means there's nothing about my identity or value or worth that is hinging on your response. It is about a fit. I'm interested in doing more. I'm interested more in a relationship. Are you? Whether they say yes or no has no bearing on my value or worth or how lovable I am. I'm just saying this is where I'm at. Does your puzzle piece fit mine? It's a fit. It's about being a fit. We don't know what's going on in their life. Why? Because their life is not our life. We don't know if they may be in a place where they're like, yeah, actually I am there, or no, I'm not there at all, or I'm in another relationship. And none of that has a bearing on me. It's about being a fit. And where's our focus again? Not on their life, not on their answer, but simply on do I like how I said it? Do I like what I did or do I like what I said? And when I can reflect on that and why is that important? Because dolls, you are the one that has to live in your life and live in your body more than anybody else. How do we give your thought of how you see yourself the most power? We need to put our focus back internally. That doesn't mean we're not other focused and compassionate. We are. But as far as assessing our our behavior, do I like what I said? Do I can I be proud of myself? Look at me go. Look at me. I'm on this I'm a badass bitch. Look at me being able to put myself out there in the sense of grounded and good and whether you respond up, down, right or left, I am still okay. And I love how I handled that. See where my focus is. See where my focus is. Okay? So give that a try. Those would be my suggestions. Can I ask for a follow-up? Can I ask for an update? Man, I love that one. I mean, I almost want like an update. Can you just update me and let me know? Because now I'm like slightly invested here. I am invested. I'm very invested. All right, last question. Real quickly, again, if you are just jumping on, um, please send your voice memos with your questions. I know a lot of you can't afford therapy or have access to someone that you relate to or can connect with. Again, this isn't therapy, but I would love to answer your, your questions that you may have. 60 to 90 second voice memo video. Send it to So My Moms or to Lisa at so my mom's the therapist.com. Also, I'm doing groups once a month and I have a group. It's limited to 10 people. Again, it's reasonable. It's a three-hour, I do a two-hour training and an hour of answering your questions. The groups in the last three months have been so amazing. Great group of people. They end up sharing their information, their phone numbers, their emails, and supporting each other. And the group in October is I Can't Trust. So I'm explaining what's going on in our body, whether you, you have a hard time trusting someone, even if it's someone that has not ruptured your trust and your body is blown through the roof and you have the hardest time not believing that they're trustworthy and you're going through their phone and it's stressing out your body. Dolls, that is a hard body to live in. So I do a two-hour training on that and answering your questions, and you can sign up for that in my stand store. Um, Again, it's in all my profiles. All
2: right, here we go. Last question. I just
0: have a question.
2: What is your whole take on that if he wanted to, he would? Especially with people that, like, are terrible at texting, like phone communication isn't their thing. Like, I don't know. Because for me, it's like, I hate texting, but, like, I will text you if I want to be in communication with you. And, like, I will make an effort at being good. But I acknowledge that girls and guys are different. So, like, I don't know. What is the view on that? Oh,
0: doll. I'm, okay, I I hope I'm saying your name right. I think it's Lacken. Okay. Girl, I love it. I love it. I think this is so relatable for so many people. And oh my gosh, if I hear that phrase one more on, on TikTok, is, so is this the, is it the right person? Is it the right person, wrong time? It's this, It's like all those phrases everyone loves to use. And that's another one. If he wanted to, he would. Right. And I I like to think make things not just not just he or she, not just girl or guy, just in general as human beings. A few thoughts. Um, and great question. Such a great question. So a few thoughts on that one. One, you hit on the we have to leave space for somebody who's different than us. But shockingly enough, some people are texters and some people are not. Some people like to be on the phone. Some people will not pick up the phone and have a phone call. Some people like to be more in person and some people do not. That's okay. The the key though is finding out one, what works for you. Here's the it's a two-parter. You've got to figure out what works for you and how do I want to communicate around it, right? So what do I mean by that? One, you got to know your own type. Now, the analogy I I I use—it's a gross one. I'm just going to give you a heads up. It's a gross one. Okay, the analogy I use is okay. We're going to look at human female female reproductive anatomy. Right here we go. Believe it or not, stick with me. Stick with me. Female reproductive anatomy. You got your ovaries, right? You got your uterus, right in the middle like I got the visuals going. If you're watching the video, I'm using my hands here. So you got your ovaries, you got your uterus somewhere, the cervix is in there, I think at the bottom, right? And you have your fallopian tubes that connect the ovaries where the eggs are stored. Some of you are like, this is my first time learning about female reproductive organs. Welcome. Welcome. It's a two-parter. You're getting you're getting tips on dating and you're learning about female reproductive organs. You have your ovaries. Those hold the eggs once a month. Your egg travels through the fallopian tubes down in, and it sees if it embeds in the uterus. If it, if a sperm ends up coming in and it embeds the uterus, ta-da, we start the reproductive process of having a baby. If not, it all the lining sheds out the uterus along with the egg, and that's what your period is. Okay, welcome. <laughs> Menstrual cycle 101. Now, why am I explaining all this? I want to talk about the fallopian tubes real quick. The egg gets moved along through the fallopian tubes by these little tiny hairs in the fallopian tube. And those little tiny hairs in the, in the fallopian tube are called cilia. They're called cilia, and they, you, they move the egg around, down the tube, down the tube, and into where they want to go, right? The, all their, their little microscopic hairs, little tiny hairs that wave it down. Here's what I've decided about different people. People need different amounts of celia in their life. Some people need a lot of the little fluff. They need the text. They need the kisses. They need the touches, right? If you tend to be more anxious attachment, you are one that likes a lot of the touchies. You like a lot of the celia, right? And if you tend to be more avoidant or just in general, there's some people that just need a little tip tap tap, little, just a few little hairs to knock the egg down, right? Now, I'm not saying that's what they look like, but imagine for a moment, some people just, they're good with just a few little hairs. And there's other people that they like a lot of hairs. So one, I want you to pause for a moment as you're listening to this and think about what I am. Do I, Do I just need, am I pretty good not talking to someone, not texting a lot or getting on the phone, and I just need a few little hairs or am I somebody that needs a lot of those little fluffies, a lot of little TGs, a little fluffy like text, emoji, right? Little pictures, right? Do I like all of that? And when I'm not getting that, am I able to help regulate my body in the times that I'm not getting a lot of the little touchy feelies, all the cilia, right? For most people, if you've had a trauma history or if you run more anxious attachment, all the cilia makes your body feel like, okay, good, we're safe, right? And part of our journey is learning how to manage and regulate our body when we're not getting all of that cilia. So one is understanding what does my body need? If I'm starting with a partner who does not have, who does not need a lot of cilia, there's maybe even like one or two hairs in there and that's not the way they're wired, that's okay. It has, it says nothing about you. So recognize people need different amounts of cilia. Then the key is to be able to, one, understand what is it that I need and two, how do I communicate about it? right now so here's here's the key with if he wanted to he would one i got to figure out well this is just what i need it's not needy to have needs but i just have to know my body well enough to know i'm just going to need to be with someone who can do a lot of fluff now then what do i do from that point well i i have to be able to communicate there's the second part communicate to my partner hey just so you i'm just someone who needs a lot of fluff i do and i communicate that's just what i need it makes me feel and i do a track back when i get a lot of fluff or pictures or texts it just makes me feel like like I'm safe, like or that this feels secure, or that, that you're still interested, right? And I'm able to say that to them and say, this is just what I know I need. I say it, and then I watch with my eyes, because I know what the follow-up question to this one's going to be, which is, but I keep telling them that, and they keep not doing it. That's right. We only told them once, maybe twice, right? And then I watch with my eyes. It's not the sense that if they wanted to, that, oh, well, if they loved me enough, they would do it. Well, to me, it doesn't matter to me if they loved you enough that they would do it. I don't even bring that question into play. So, believe it or not, if he wanted to, he would. That actually, I don't even go in that direction. I don't even ask, I don't, I'm not actually even answering that specific question. What I'm actually answering is, what is it I need? How do I communicate it? And then I watch with my eyes and I say, does this work for me or does this not? Thank you for letting me know that I know this is just what I need. I know I've asked you. And I don't see it happening, so I'm not sure we're the best fit. Because I just know this is something I would need. Did you see that? So it, all of a sudden, I took my validity, my worth. I took how much he loved me or she loved me off the table, off the table. Just fling it off the table. It is not about if they loved me or if if they wanted to, they would. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they loved me. It doesn't matter if they want to or didn't want to. The bottom line is the focus is not on them. Get your eyes off them, dolls the eyes are on us, right? Right. Now, what do I mean? Now, does that mean it's all about me? Nothing like, right? No, this is about me tuning into my body, recognizing what I need, being able to articulate it, communicate it, right? And being able to say, then watch with my eyes and does that happen? You also want to round it out because you're going to be doing the same for them as saying, okay, what is their needs are? How do I tune to their needs? Their needs are going to be different than mine. One of the biggest things I do with couples in the office that I've noticed is they, everyone has jars. Everyone has these figurative jars of like, we get, we, and we fill each other's jars. And sometimes you will feel like I'm doing so much to show them. I love them. Like they're walking in the door and I'm picking up their clothes. And like, they're over here being like, that's not filling my tank. That would be filling your tank. That's what you want. That's your love language. That does nothing for me. What I really wanted you to walk up and like, give me a big kiss or make out with me. Oh, that fills my tank. So it's learning what actually fills the other person's tank, not necessarily your own, right? Yes, you want to be able to understand what you need. It sounded like I just contradicted myself, but well, stick with me. I want to be able to understand what my needs are, be able to articulate it, right? And I also need to be able to attune to my partner's needs may be different than mine, and how do I fill their tank too? Remember, it's each filling each other's tanks. And, and as we're wrapping up, make sure you're leaving space for a real person. Can I recognize, well, I, I, they may be falling a little short on the fluff, but I do notice how they seem, they seem to swing by and get me my favorite Starbucks drink or they picked up the dry cleaning. And I, I see them other ways. What are the other ways that they're showing me that they love me? Is that enough for me? Can I Can I notice the bigger picture? Right. So we want to leave space for a real person. Where we get off track here is assuming that our partner is psychic, that they know exactly what I need to hear, that they know exactly what I need to hear X, Y, and Z to fill my needs. The challenge is we come in and think, well, no, it's common sense. It's common sense for them to text more. Not necessarily in your world, in your felt experience. Yes, but not. So you're not being their mother. You're not coaching them, but you are helping them become an expert on you. And who better to help them become an expert on you than you? So that's what I do. Check in. What is it? my needs? What do I know I need? Can I communicate and articulate that? And then can I watch with my eyes and recognize it's about being a fit? It's not about how much they love me or don't love me, right? It doesn't matter. Thank you for letting me know this is not enough. That would work for me, that this would end up being something I nagged you about our entire relationship, and I don't want to do that, okay? So try that. Give that a try. All right. With that, I'm wrapping up. Please keep sending your questions. As always, be kind be kind. With listening comes understanding, and with understanding comes grace and c- compassion. If there's anything we need more of in this life, it is kindness. And with that, I will
2: sign off.